0: Welcome back to the Game of Thrones flashcast here in the Incomparables TV podcast. I'm Jason Snell. This is season six, episode ten, The Winds of Winter. Our last Game of Thrones flashcast for a little while. It's the season finale. Not much happens. Anyway, we'll get to what <laughs> goes on in this episode. Let me introduce my compatriots as as they were for the first episode: Monty, Ashley, and Brian Hamilton. Hi, Monty. Hi, Jason. Hi, Brian. Right. Hi, Brian. Hello. Um, well, I, I'm ready to recap all the things that happened, which I've, I've broken down into three, no, four key areas of, 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 of wow. locations. There's some crossovers, so I did some interesting things this time. But first, I have to ask, as I always do, and, uh, does anybody by any chance have an opening <laughs> statement, Brian?
1: <laughs> I have an opening statement. Okay. So this episode, I had so, so many problems with in so many areas by the end i didn't give a crap about any of my problems i really enjoyed for the first time in a long time i don't have very many notes but for the first time in a very long time i got completely swept up in the story <laughs> and everything that was happening in all of the characters i'm sick of a few things i'm excited for a few things um i think that next season is the very last season of Game of Thrones based on the ending of this episode. And being able to finally be swept up and enjoying every single element of the episode for what it was, despite a few problems that I had, I was very excited to finally feel mm. part of a honest-to-goodness fandom for the first time in about a year and a half or so. hmm
0: well, it definitely gets the you you get the sense. I'm sure we'll get into this. You get the sense that the, we are we are moving into the final act here. I think the producers have said that, that there are going to be 13 episodes left, and it sounds like they're going to break it up over a couple of years. So it's not going to be one season, but th- we are running out of time. They, this is this is we are we are moving to the end game of this show, as far as I can tell. I mean, it certainly feels that way. I, I agree with you there. I want to give this episode. I wish this episode was like a big um, stuffed animal or something, because I want to give it a big hug. I loved it. That's my little spoiler (laughs) alert. I loved almost everything in it. Uh, And then there were a couple of things where I kind of chuckled. Um, Even some of the things where people died and I was sad that they died, I kind of liked how they went out. But I suppose we'll get there. Monty, do you have reflections on opening statements? i will have a closing statement i'm switching oh. it up oh okay <laughs> all right well everybody can look forward to that then uh okay so i like i said i have four big kind of areas that i want to cover in terms of the storyline i guess actually f- five ish um well we'll say four i'm gonna roll i'm gonna roll something in there because that's what i'm gonna do um uh, it's, it's complex because we have a lot of crossover movement of characters here that does not happen very often in Game of Thrones, although I suspect it's about to. So let's start off with the by far the most important Set of scenes, by which I mean single scene in the entire episode, which is Sam, uh, and, Sam and Gilly went to Old Town. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see they have an obelisk in Old Town. Uh, there is bureaucracy. the The masters, <laughs> go figure. The masters are kind of uh, these gray bureaucratic types who don't take to irregularities. I would never have guessed. <laughs> they have
1: very specific letter handing off, uh,
0: like, uh, rituals. like rituals. Like uh, you, mu- you yeah. must, you must. You must be able to, your arm must be able to reach this point to become
2: <laughs> yeah. a maester, apparently. That guy represents email protocols. So your certificates are not up to code. No. Yes, that was was IMAP. That was,
0: <laughs> maester IMAP, I like it. Uh, he consults a book, Sam gives him the letter, and uh, that's pretty funny that he's got the whole book there. And he's like, it says here that uh, Gior Marmont is in charge at the wall. I'm like, well, he died. But uh, John, John Snow w- took over for him He says, but you've also got uh, Meister Eamon is there. And it's like, well, he also died, but that's why they sent me and that's why I'm here. This is very irregular. And, and I like Sam says, well, I suppose life is irregular. Ha ha ha. It's like, no, no, no. We don't do that here. We don't joke about <laughs> it, things here at the, at, the, at the Citadel. Yeah. It's not irregular here. It's irregular out there. <laughs> that's right. That's the problem. That's what we're trying to yep. fix here. But I did like that. That is like, you know, yes, <laughs> this is why I'm here. Surely this is not. This has happened before, where people have died, and and then you mm-hmm. other people have been sent. But nope, nope. It seems very strange. No, we just never got around to sending the ravens. Hmm. Well, things were happening there, but the archmaster will will uh, make all those decisions cool. for I was excited for him. By
2: that, because I think this is the first we've heard that there's an archmeister. Yeah, we know there's maesters and grand hmm But Archmaesters.
0: Somebody's in charge of the Maesters, apparently, at Old Town. The
1: Maester's the Maester.
0: Interesting. But in the meantime, even though I'm suspicious and you're very irregular, please, please enjoy our library. (laughs) Uh, But no women and children in the library, please. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll be back soon. Don't worry. Bye, yeah. Gilly. Bye. I will be back soon.
0: Yeah. Just wait here in the lobby as I walk into a room full of more books than I've ever even imagined could exist in my entire life. Says Sam the Bookworm. As we see a giant, giant. He, he's he's amazed by one set of stacks, and then he emerges into the center, and there's just a huge room full of many, 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 many stacks of
2: books, and that's yeah. that's it. That's that's this whole thing. That's all we get. I find Sam's plot very boring, but if they wanted to have several more hours set in that library room, I would not complain. I guess looking at it now, I realize that
0: the, the plot here with, with Sam really is um, Sam's going to go and learn stuff about the White Walkers. That's, that's, this is the mm. research part so that he can come back later and say, here's what we need to do. That's sort of his purpose as far as he, I can tell right now. He could have done that off screen. Well, I, I mean, they they sent him off. We we—we we got that kind of interesting character bit with his awful family. And then we get this one little scene. So, I mean, in some ways, this is as close. He's right on the edge of the screen. He's not quite off, but he's pretty close to off. This is, and I, I question whether we will see a whole lot of his, I mean, are we really going to have adventures in in? citadel research with sam i don't think that's going to happen i don't think we're going to get a lot
2: but they fit him into a fairly packed season finale that went 12 minutes over the hour yeah. so to I somebody mean, making the plans so
0: you're suggesting sam's story should be more stuff. like a web this is like a web exclusive like sam's research is should be like a web show <laughs> four minutes every week where sam is looking things up in books just you know, we'll see him later
2: that's what they invented webisodes for.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, the only note I have for this is yep. this was a nice break in the action. Yeah. <laughs> it did serve because... that purpose. Exactly. Because it could have been last week, right? Oh, and exactly. Because it really is just Sam finds that there are lots of books. Got it. Got it. Um, that I wish the, the summary for this episode was like literally Sam arrives at Old Town. <laughs> like what else happens in this episode? <laughs> Nothing much. It's really all about Sam okay so we've got three more kind of buckets here we've got the uh the marine bucket we've got the uh the winterfell bucket and we've got a sort of king's landing bucket and they're not quite exactly that what about river run is yeah, Riverrun. I think I think Riverrun is in the King's Landing bucket. We could say it's like a Lannister bucket. And you'll need a la- a bucket mm. to a lot of the people in King's Landing are and you could about, carry uh... in a bucket.
2: What about North of the Wall slash Back in Time bucket?
0: I think that's in the uh, Winterfell. I think that's in the Jon Snow bucket. See, you'll see, you'll discover as I go that I'm going to nope, weave these right. things together just to have some faith. So we're going to start, even though <laughs> even though Tyrion has none, we're going to start with King's Landing. Let's hit it in King's Landing. Um, there is trial, the trial prep is finally going on, uh, including uh, Meister Pycelle. Uh, he's involved, they're getting ready. We see them in the King's Landing. I, I thought that the way this starts, the scene starts is... Um, um, this first scene is really cool. There's a lot of silence. There, there are some yeah. music. There's some very quiet music in a few parts, but there's a lot of silence and there's very little dialogue. And I really liked that it was just this anticipation, like everything's getting ready. Bad things are going to happen, you know, but right now it's sort of like the calm before the storm. And you can you can feel it in just the way this, I mean, I think this episode technically was brilliant kind of on all fronts. But I really, this is something I really liked is the the quietness of this first scene. See, yeah, I disagree.
1: I, I was really hoping that... Uh, for, so first of all, we get a getting ready sequence, which you yes, very rarely yeah. see in a TV show like this, which was kind of cool. And what were they getting ready for? The trial. I was like, huh, okay. We've been building up to this trial this entire time, but I honestly don't expect much to happen because he's either going to confess and oh, hey, get man. banished or he's just going to keep standing by well you've jumped to conclusions
0: about
2: how the high spirit runs trials yeah. i would hey. say. <laughs> i don't want to skip past the getting ready sequence because i'm with jason i really liked that I, yeah. like that was where i was happy to be taking a breath from the frantic battle scene of the last episode to where i'm expecting some kind of I was going to say fireworks. I wasn't expecting literal fireworks <laughs> at the trial, and just a moment where you see how long it takes everybody to get ready. It, this isn't why I liked it, but I did like that it reminded me of the opening sequence of Dangerous Liaisons. It's the end. It's everybody the a- is <laughs> putting on their symbolic armor mm. and their public-facing image. It's the anticipation that gets me too, because we know yeah. like
0: the High Sparrow knows what he's going to do. Marjorie knows what she's going to do. Cersei knows what she, what she's going to do, you know. Maybe Tommen knows what he's going to do, um, but it, like everybody's got an idea of what's going to happen. But only one thing is actually going to happen. What's that going to be? We know something big is going to happen. It, this is this is everything's coming to a head here. Cersei's backed into a corner. It's the season finale of Game of Thrones. Something's going to happen, <laughs> and that and that quiet getting ready. I thought was yeah. I I thought it was really effective in in building the tension. And and setting the players on the stage, and I thought I thought it was uh, and restrained in a way that I really liked. That it wasn't super fast and it wasn't loud. It was it was this quiet tension that happened.
1: But let me clarify: I loved the opening, but I didn't feel like what we were about to get warranted that kind of space and that kind of tension and that kind of anticipation until it did. And turns, looking turns back, I
2: really <laughs> well, that's what I liked about it is that. They spent so much time getting ready, that was a way of telling the audience, this is going to yeah. be big. <laughs> this is going to matter. Like, it, instead of rushing from high point to high point the way this show sometimes does, because it only has 13 hours per season to get through. 10.
0: Mm-hmm. 10.
2: Yeah, true. Right, right, 10. Yeah. We, we got time to see, like, it was 15 minutes before anything happened, right? which is amazing. <laughs> On a show especially on an episode where as much happened as it did. <laughs> right. Uh
0: so finally things do happen here though. We get we get uh Loris, he confesses, he says, Yes, I did all these things. I I I laid with men, including the traitor Renly Baratheon. Uh, you know, I, I I lied. I did all these terrible things. Uh, I confess. I want to. I I throw myself on the mercy of the gods. I w- I'll give up my name and my and my lordship and all of those things. They carve the star in his, into his forehead. <laughs> mm. He agrees to
2: never father children, which yeah. honestly I don't think he was planning on or, doing anymore. Anyway.
0: Or marry, which again, well, he <laughs> might have done it like for legal purposes, but was not. He was not his jam, right? um mm. they carved the thing into his forehead which is so pain oh no oh Laura's. i couldn't handle it in inglorious bastards i couldn't handle it now <laughs> and uh you know marjorie is obviously very upset and later she comes up and, and says you said you were not gonna do that and he's like you <laughs> mutilated him
2: and, and well, she and wasn't yeah. that upset in this scene like she was calming their father down saying right faith is the way this bite yeah. the bullet we're gonna get through this and we're all gonna leave yeah so
0: just just let it let it go um, Meanwhile, we cut we cut in, and the mountain the mountain is coming. So they they've been telling Tommen that he he's gonna that things are getting ready. There's that person who keeps coming, and saying, "Yep, it's going on. It's still going on. You might want to get over there." And he finally gets uh gets ready to go. And uh, the Mountain comes and basically says, nope, you know, basically stops him. And says, You're not going, Cersei's not going to go to her trial. She's not interested. Um, and so it's, it's this interesting impasse, which one once again, Cersei is sort of refusing to play the High Sparrows game. Uh, and um, and then what we see uh, it, it very quickly we see uh, a bunch of things that happen that are are kind of around uh, the uh, around mad scientist Kyburn uh, we see uh, some of the kids who we know are Varys's little birds the kids who are the spies are, are spotted uh, Lancel Lannister follows one of them sort of down into a. Into a cellar, so that we 've got a viewpoint character who can explain what 's about to happen that 's really why it mm-hmm. happens, but it's still it 's okay it 's kind of creepy and interesting why that 's happening. Meanwhile, also uh, Picel is uh, is given his walking papers because for some reason he isn 't at the sept so they 've got to find another way to get rid of him so but for Kuyperin's very regretful of it i 'm sorry, but sometimes we have to murder um, murder our uh, old people uh, mercilessly in order to replace them with new people. Apparently he gives a little nice little speech. The old must be put to rest before we can usher in the new. Um, A little bird also stabs uh, Lancel and he's laying on the ground and Lancel looks up and discovers that down here in this, in this crypt beneath the uh the sept of balor there are barrels and barrels and barrels and barrels of wildfire like the stuff that was stored away for uh the black for, water. for the Blackwater yeah. uh by the mad king and that has been referenced i think earlier this year uh, there's a candle or there are candles that are burning down into the wildfire as a time delay fuse um mm-hmm. and i just want to point out at this point that i think two weeks ago i suggested that this is what was going to happen maybe there'll be wildfire and they'll blow up the sept <laughs> well guess what <laughs> there was wildfire and cersei lannister and uh, and kyburn blew up the sept <laughs> i really wish uh i,
1: w- I really want to shake the hand of the game of thrones writer that listens to this show and thought wait that's an excellent idea let's scramble and <laughs> let's reshoot go back this last in time yeah. And, yeah.
0: And, no i i just i think that it shows that it works well that that those pieces were there so that you could pick it up or it, or you could go back and say oh Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They said the Mad King, he stole, he had a lot of wildfire. We saw Kyber and he was like, you know, the rumors, you know, those rumors are not only true, it's like even better than that. Like there's lots of stuff we could use this. Cersei has an idea. Obviously, we saw some of that off screen. We didn't, or didn't see it so that it could be a surprise for us. Um, in the sept, I, I, there was, so there's a scene where Marjorie, who has always been Portrayed as being one of the sharpest <laughs> knives in the drawer, she's she's like she's not coming. Something is up. If she's not here and the king's not here, because Marjorie knows like that's Cersei's priority. It's like she is up to something. This is bad. Now I, yeah. I really liked that. I'm not sure about the leap to we got to get out of here. Really follows from that because maybe there's a plot. Maybe there's a trap outside for them. Maybe they maybe they're gonna you know stab us when we come out of the thing. But I love that Marjorie. At that point, she has figured out. She knows Cersei. She's smart, like Cersei is smart. She knows that something is up, and the Sparrow is um, is too arrogant, I guess, to see it until sort of the very end, yeah. where he
2: kind of finally realizes that she's right and she she knows what's going on here, and then it's too late. I love that the Sparrow is just talking about, "Oh, the trial will progress without her. It's <laughs> yeah. fine." And Marjorie's veneer of being devout just drops completely the trial can wait we have to leap none of this matters anymore and he just stares at her what what are you talking about
0: well he's so confident in his plans like well this is great because you know even if she doesn't show up we'll we'll convict her in absentia and we'll go the faith militant will go and we'll drag her out the king is on our side it's all going to be fine and Marjorie's like yeah you know if she's not here I mean she says I, I thought that was a really great moment she's like she knows <laughs> that if she yeah. did, what the consequences are if she doesn't show up and she still didn't show up what do you think is going to happen here I just loved it and when I said earlier You know, some of the things in here make me sort of sad, but I'm happy that those characters who died go out the way they went out. I love that Marjorie goes out being the smartest one in the room and trying to get out. And I'm sad that she's been blown up because I really loved Natalie Dormer and I love that character, but I love that this is how she goes out because she gets it. She called it. She knows what's going on. It's not her fault that she got blown up in the set. I'm going to miss her so much.
2: Yeah i do feel like killing her was probably also part of cersei's plan sure no as as long as i'm dealing with the faith militant
0: well that's why that bitch that's why i was thinking yeah well that's why i was (laughs) thinking it would be great if marjorie did get out and then it blew up because Cersei would be like ha 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 i've stopped it all and then or Cersei would be laughing and marjorie would be like i i'm still alive you didn't get me but alas that didn't happen she got her um, and 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 then okay, so giant explosion, the sept explodes. <laughs> Cersei is watching and she raises the glass of wine, like, I got gotcha, I gotcha, cold. I, I, it was one of those scenes where it's like, she's so evil, and yet that is, you know, that is quite a moment of like, yep, did it, plan worked. You're all, it's, it's a little like that moment in, in Watchmen where, uh, Adrian Veidt says, and spoilers for a comic book that came out 20, 30 years ago now, but you know, it says, oh, I already did it, you know the 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 yeah. ultimate climax the world of the thing is like ten minutes ago. Yeah, I didn't just tell you this before I did it. I just did it. It's it felt a little like that, where like we're watching her watch the uh, who watches the Septa Baelor from a window. The answer is Cersei, <laughs> and she raises that glass and just it, it's a it's an amazing moment. I I you know few people really like Cersei, but here I appreciate <laughs> that she
2: she executed her plan. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I wouldn't say I like Cersei. But I have thought since about season three that she is possibly the best suited to rule mm. of all the people we have ever seen on the show. She's ruthless, yep. but not usually dumb about it like Joffrey. Right. She has her dumb moments, but they tend to
0: be um, related to her family. Um well, the, good news. That's uh... that's not not so much of a problem anymore. Okay, so so it, she's in the revenge business now. So her next stop, and I'll I'll, I'll harken back to the season finale last year where we had three shames and a ding. Um, here oh. she goes in, and her tormentor nun or septa, septa is strapped down on a table, and she pours wine on her and says, "Confess, confess!" And then she does this whole soliloquy about, "I like it when it feels good," and she lists all the things that feel good including killing Robert Barantheon and having sex with Jamie Lannister and lying about the fact that she has sex with Jamie Lannister. Um, just, and killing
2: the High Sparrow. And, she throws that in.
0: And killing her boss, the High Sparrow. <laughs> Amazing. And and she's like, okay, well, I'm ready to die. You can kill me now. She's like, oh, no, no, no. No, you're not going to die today. See, this is Sir Gregor, and he's a zombie, and he's taken off his helmet so you can be totally freaked out, which we see. I did not.
2: Go ahead. I was not crazy about that. That they made a big dramatic moment of him taking his helmet off, and he's still in shadow, so we couldn't see anything. Oh, mo- I loved it. I he love moves that. a little bit, and you can What's see the, the kind point of point of taking your helmet off. It's. You see less than you saw an yeah. empire when you see Darth Vader from the back without his helmet. <laughs> they're, te- they're teasing you. It's like all we know now is he has a head. I assumed he had a head. Well, I don't that's know why and the well, helmet didn't fall maybe off. Maybe
0: your TV is set to different brightness levels than I am. But I thought you could very clearly <laughs> say he's got these kind of like horrible things on the side of his face that are just kind of like burned off. And then he's got another part that's he he didn't look good, mm. but you could see I more could, of it. I couldn't see any of that. Yeah, I could see it in the it's not like in the first shot. Be... It's the second shot.
1: I also like that the helmet takeoff uh, comes with the actual, real first time confirmation that this is Gregor McLean.
0: Or Clagane. 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 Yes. Thank you. Not McLean. It's <laughs> Gregor McLean. <laughs> wrong,
1: not wrong. <laughs> A different guy. No, that is the uh, first time it's been actually confirmed. We all knew it was the mountain, but hey,
0: that is the first time it was confirmed. He does die hard. So he's got that going for him mm, yeah, um, well, I out. also I, I laughed out loud when seriously goes shame shame, shame and then closes the little window on the door and I shouted I ding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cersei's revenge for the for, again for last season season finale right here and she's just sadistic about it and awful and all of those things and yet you can get why this is a thing that feels good to her to to take the her tormentor and uh and torment her in turn uh um, oh,
1: 100
0: and then we get to what was a shocker of a scene, and I thought, <laughs> I thought brilliantly executed. Which is, Tolman has been left alone to witness the Sept and everybody, including his wife, uh, been killed in this giant explosion. And we're back to the, the the silence, right? We're back to the silence and the quiet as we were at the beginning. And he he's sitting there watching this, and he takes his crown off and walks away. And you're like Game okay of
1: thrones does not linger on shots
0: i they know right away,
1: but they didn't I was well, like, I what thought, the hell's gonna happen i thought well uh, it's, I,
0: it's poetic because it's the open window and you get a little a chance to look out at king's landing and see the aftermath of the giant explosion no, that's what i thought
2: come on guys
0: but what happens you toman see that coming toman very quietly just runs runs into the shot and to the window and jumps out to his death
2: Well, oh, falls out he didn't I was well, hoping he would jump, but he just kind of right. stood there and then. And
0: let's 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 gravity take care of it. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I didn't Me that one at all. I was surprised by that. The
1: fact that that was so economical, done in a maybe twenty second shot, a single beautiful <laughs> twenty second shot, was heartbreaking.
0: That was the single that was the single Oh, wow moment, honestly, in the whole episode for me where I was like, whoa, that was not something I expected yeah. to, to mm-hmm. happen that quickly. And just it's a, the immediate reaction. I mean, I, I I felt like, geez, his, you know, his, his wife died, his, his mom just sort of saved herself, but his wife died. And, you know, he, he was a new convert to this religion and all of that. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, he just jumps out the window. To and which I want of. to raise the question, what the hell did Cersei expect blowing up everyone that he cares about? Yeah.
2: That's not everyone he cares about. He's supposed to be loyal to his mother. Right. But I think at this point, she has learned from her experience with Joffrey, where if the kid won't listen, then she can't stand around and wait for him because her she's had two king sons now, and neither of them have really done what she wanted them to do. Right? At this point, Cersei is out of both kids and patience. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> something that one of the something that the producers said in the little extra extra you know clip after the show is over i don't know if you guys saw that but i watched that and and i thought I, they were making this point and i think it's a good point is is cersei could have been with her son and she chose not to be she chose to gloat on her own and then go torment the nun and what they yeah. said is look if she was with her son she probably could have talked him down but she was busy with other stuff and let her son do that and that is like you know that's again Cersei cares a lot about being a mother but this is again Cersei being a bad mother who's
2: well, terrible things I don't know that she cares her. that much about being a mother at this point yeah, maybe she not she has a brief scene later on where she just says oh well yeah burn his body burn his body ashes on the sept yeah mm. uh, which again I is dog more hear
1: that little topic because mm-hmm. I have something very intense to say about well not intense I have something to well, say well, about it, that once she ascends to the throne
0: <laughs> well we're, we're okay so so uh, they <laughs> well, see, I, she I, sees I, the body and she says burn him and bury the ashes with a sept once." which I, re- I read is not only Monty did, did I read that is not particularly I mean at this point her heart may be just her heart may be so hardened by the all the deaths that she doesn't you know she's she's enabled unable to deal with this uh, emotionally at all but you know her one gesture for her dead son is basically an fu
2: to the high sparrow it's like put it you know put put his ashes in the sept i i think she just decided she's no longer living for her children she's not handing things off to the next generation
0: nope i'm unclear on well okay let's we're gonna we'll we'll get there i'll I'll bookmark that along with brian's bookmark (laughs) um so so here's the thing. So many bookmarks. What is this? A choose your own adventure it, book? It, it is. It is. You, you bookmark those? That's cheating, Monty.
2: Come on. Multiple bookmarks.
0: <sighs> okay. You've got to go back multiple times. So we're going to swerve a little bit and we're going to go to River Run because there's some stuff that kind of links back up at the end to the last scene in King's Landing. So let's go to River Run where Jamie Lannister is hanging out with, with Walder Frey. Um there's a there's a girl serving girl there who who gives some meaningful looks to Jamie, which leads to hilarious line from Braun who is with him, which is, God, you don't even have to do anything. And they just they just love you. Um and and Jamie to counter that, and I wrote down here, this is Barney from How I Met Your Mother. He literally does the have you met Braun to the other two women there, which I guess would be part of the Braun code call out to how i met your mother anyway <laughs> oh, um, he introduces he introduces the two other ladies who are not the first girl <laughs> but the two other ladies to braun and braun's like i don't even know if i'm in, a, in the mood
2: oh oh well you what know the heck I am. of it's course that's jamie's <laughs> only way to get braun to stop poking at him
0: yeah it's just like here have some girls and it's like braun it's braun of course he's gonna be like all right okay yeah. we're, we're doing this okay uh but i again any use of braun is a good use of Braun as far as I'm concerned. He is great. And that was hilarious.
2: So, did Braun go off with both of those ladies? Yes. I think and so. Is one of those ladies the lady we're going to see in a later River Run no, scene? No, that the, raises all sorts
0: of No, questions. the first girl who looks at Jamie is the girl who we come back to later. Okay. These are the two uh, that. He- yeah, the one right. who prompts Bron to be like, "Geez, they're all looking at you." Though that girl, that server girl, is looking at him very carefully, uh, and we'll see her again. Um, and then, so then. Walter frey gets a, a a little speech which is always a sp- suspicious <laughs> thing in game of thrones because it means we may not be seeing them for very much longer but i really love this speech because of what it does for jamie because because his speech is like hey we're the same you and i he doesn't say that but it's like here we are two kingslayers, two kingslayers. Mm, and I, i'm just like oh jamie do you want to be in the company of this guy like he i mean it's like oh my god do not be Walter frey and jamie jamie responds he's like why do we even need you? You're useless. We we're the ones who did all of this. You just have this stupid house on a river. And I mean he doesn't say that, but that's basically what Jamie is saying here. He is he just lays it lays it down for for Walter Frey that you are not You know you are not special uh lannister power keeps you in power we had to come back here and throw them out of 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 uh of river run again um and uh yeah don't 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 bring me down to your yeah yeah take that because walder frey is awful (laughs) just because you've got the twins you and your bridges um Why do we need you? So that that I I thought that was a great scene for Jamie because one of the things about Jamie is Jamie is you know famously terrible and also kind of really likable in a lot of ways and you kind of I I feel like we're constantly going to be wondering about like Jamie's soul and whether he's going to end up uh, doing good or doing bad and the battle for Jamie Lannister's soul because I think he can be redeemed but will he be redeemed and so this moment when Uh when 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 Walter Fry says no you and me we're the same I'm like. Like, oh man, this is such a th- task for Jamie. Be
2: like, no, I am not like you. I have a theory about where Jamie's going to end up. Ooh. Do you want to share he's it? A- sure. I mean it's a little out of order in this episode, but right now he's a kingslayer. I think he might end up being a queenslayer. Interesting. Oh damn. Maybe. Or
0: maybe he will have to choose not to be. I don't know, he only has the one arm anyway, uh,
2: for now. I he has only one arm but he has extra hands like he could have a whole bunch in the, that bag sure it's possible I, I don't know what bag
0: um the bag of hands <laughs> alright so um so we come back later in the episode to Walter Frey and uh and the serving girl who we saw at the, at the in the first scene he's like oh you're not one of mine you're too pretty and he gives her a, a pinch on the butt I think um and, mm-hmm. she, and he's like where are my sons Should they, shouldn't they be there and it's like oh yeah you're alone in a room being served in a scene in the season finale of Game of Thrones this is really bad for you um <laughs> <laughs> your your son, your sons are here my lord and she she reveals that the pie that she has served him has like fingers and stuff in it you f- baked in a pie. The the sons of Walter Frey have been baked in a pie, and uh, they it must have been very small people. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you only use some of the. It's a large pie. This is just a slice of it. Um, the uh, maybe it's just a hand pie. And she takes off her face to reveal dun dun dun. It's Arya Stark. She's come back to Westeros, borrowed a face from Jacqune Hagar. Maybe she, that was like her severance package. She gets a face <laughs> to use. I don't. I don't know. And she says, "Yes, I'm Arya Stark." And the and Stark is going to be the last thing you ever see before you die. And she slices his throat and Walder Frey is dead. Hooray, because Walder Frey, I've been wishing for him to die since the Red Wedding. And finally he is killed oh, by Arya, yeah. who was right outside the Red Wedding and couldn't get in to see her mom and her brother at that moment. And she's come back to Westeros. And the first thing she does is visit vengeance on Walder Frey.
1: She got back to Westeros fast too. Really That's fast, the other thing that right?
0: Well, all these different segments are kind of not necessarily contiguous in time because we, between episodes you'll see two weeks pass in one uh, block and uh, only like a few minutes pass in another block. So I think it's been unclear. They're not always parallel episode by episode. It's not entirely chronological. Um, right, and so, but Jamie
1: was there the first time she was there, so there had to have been some overlap between taking the uh, taking Blackfish. And Arya coming
2: back. Yeah, but we don't know how much time she actually spent in Braavos. That could have right. just been a couple of days. Yeah, it, she That's could true. she
0: could have been you know spending the last two weeks going back there, and 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 nobody would know. Um, uh, some I'm I'm sure somebody has probably mapped out like how this all works but I, I we've definitely seen in the case of game of thrones where i think even like last week or the week before there was a case where one one thing was clearly like a couple of weeks had passed and the other one was clearly immediately following the last time we saw them in the previous episode so time is not it, the, the different stories are kind of progressing at their own pace um and I, that's, yeah, what, that's that's my true. story, and I'm sticking with it about why Arya is there.
2: <laughs> it helps with the, the surprise, too. Um, Until people get around to sending each other ravens to announce big dramatic events.
0: Well, we saw that in this episode where it's like, do, do they know? And then there's one case where it's like, clearly they don't know what's been going on. And then there's another scene where it's like, oh, they know what's going on. This this yeah. is happening where they, they are aware. But it's, sometimes it's unclear what news has reached where about uh, the, the the newsworthy events in Westeros. Um. Anyway, so Arya kills Walder Frey. He was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. behind the red it, wedding, the Freys were stupid, and now uh, they're dead.
2: That mm-hmm. was one of like six scenes that I felt could have been the last scene of I know. the season, and I would have been oh, totally yeah. satisfied. I
0: know it was so. I think I clapped. I think <laughs> I think I clapped when when he Walder Frey first appears. Uh, in fact, when they showed, the, in, the, in the preview previews, the previously on Game of Thrones, they showed a block with Walter Frey, and I said to Lauren, um, you know, I like David Bradley, but he must die. <laughs> right? Like, they must do it, die. do it. And uh, they did it, so that was made me happy. One last, uh, then, scene in this block, which is Jamie, who we saw with Walter Frey, has returned to King's Landing. He uh, has not apparently heard about the fact that the sept got blowed up real good because he sees that in his surprise he comes he comes back to the red keep uh, just in time to see a ceremony in the uh, throne room, that is not the the funeral, because mm-hmm. she said no uh, of Tom, of King Tommen. It is instead the coronation of Cersei as queen of Westeros. She's yes. and there's and there's a beautiful shot where there's the Iron Throne, the star of the of the 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 gods of <laughs> that she just blew up above her, and they say, "Long may she reign." To which I said, mm, "I'm not so sure about that," <laughs> but the so I guess Cersei's the queen. Brian, your bookmark. You want to talk about it now?
1: I wanted to talk about the flip between Cersei as mother and Cersei as ruler. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but this is the moment immediately where I thought, no, she is 110% cold-blooded ruler at this point. She doesn't care about Tommen's funeral and all she wants. Well, not that all she wants, but here we have her sitting on the throne without much remorse, or at least a very, very good remorse poker face. And we already talked about that at this point, she's not passing anything on to another generation. But nope. when did that flip flip happen. Before she decided to blow up the uh, sept or after? Because, again, what did she expect Tommen to f- run back to his mother and say, I-, I regret everything. I'm glad that you're here. Or maybe not suicide, uh, but at the very least, some kind of you know, freak out or I, resignation. I, I,
0: I feel like that I moment even... where, where he pledges his um, devotion to the high, the High Sparrow is the moment yeah. where she's like, I've lost him. That's it. I'm going to do what I need to do
2: now. Where he exiles her. And let me suggest something. Earlier in Loris's trial scene, the High Sparrow says that the warrior is very harsh in his judgment, but if you confess your sins and plead for mercy, the mother is generous and kind. Mm. (laughs) Which is Cersei, the mother or warrior? (laughs) They got the warrior this time. I love her new outfit, by the way.
0: Yes. Yeah, I like that. She was going and and you're led to think maybe she's getting ready for trial and it's like, no, this is her I'm killing lots I'm killing all of my enemies in one stroke and
2: then becoming the queen outfit. Yeah. She was already putting on her queen clothes. Yeah. Even before the sept blew <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. This is she all she was. Which means <laughs> she was not preparing to be mother of the king at that
0: point.
1: Monty, you yeah. blew my freaking mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's why she
0: isn't com- comforting Toman. Could be. She instead, she just se- basically sends the mountain there to keep him out of the way. Um,. I maybe mean, maybe she Jesus has a contingency. Christ. If he doesn't kill if she doesn't kill if he doesn't kill himself, she probably is going to immediately basically like take him back and make sure that she, he's under her thumb and does what he says. Like, look, everybody else is dead, but I'm here and I'm gonna be in charge. But it doesn't matter. He's dead, okay. Well I'm just gonna do it myself then. I know, I'm not gonna have to I mean, think about it too. Cersei, although she's made some bad decisions, um, she' Her frustration has always been that she puts herself in, in positions of power, but she has to rely on men and boys mm-hmm. who are not reliable, not dependable, and shut her out. And this is how she prevents that, is she's just in charge. I'm just going to be in charge mm. now. Yeah.
2: She is the best heir to her father. I agree. Not Tyrion, not Jaime. And by the way, just as a side note, note that she is Cersei of House Lannister. Yes, she's
0: I think not a, think this she's is just, the first official Lannister. She's not a Baratheon yep. at this point. I I so this is my question. This is my bookmark, guys, which is um what other than the <laughs> fact that there's literally nobody to say no, they're all dead. What is the fig leaf she uses to be eligible to be the queen? Is it because she was married to Robert and he has no heirs now? Is that
2: it? I, I think I'm sitting here. I have a crazy mad scientist and a giant zombie monster. Who's going to stop me? Is this your chair? <laughs> well, you could you could argue that, that that a big part of being
0: the monarch is is uh, belief that you are the monarch. That if you do, if you say you are, and you've got the stuff to back it up, who's going to stop you? Um, and the answer is. Perhaps there are Targaryens out there somewhere that will stop you. But um, I didn't, this is a thing that I didn't expect. I didn't expect it to go to this point. I wasn't, I certainly wasn't thinking about like, well, if everybody else is dead, who's the king? And the answer is Cersei's just going to take it for herself because there's nobody else and she wants it. So there it is. And that's what we get. And Jamie watches her do this and they exchange a look that is very much like they exchange a look. I'm not quite sure what it means. I don't know what Jamie thinks of all of this. Jamie, He's obviously just figured out that his that his son has died. Um is he thinking, can I marry the queen and become the, the, the king? The <laughs> uh, Targaryens
2: just to do it all the time.
0: All the time. I don't know, but uh and that's he, where we leave it. And he doesn't know this yet, but
2: he's probably gonna have to go back out to River Run pretty soon.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh there's some problems there, for sure. Yeah. So that's it. Any more about, about the action of King's Landing? There's co- so much here. Um all you know, all talk about getting rid of all your enemies that you all the enemies you know you have, I think, is the way I would put it. Not I mean Elena Elena is out there, and of course there are the enemies she doesn't know about that are out there. But uh Cersei really um getting rid of the sept, blowing up the sept, that is how do you stop the high sparrow
2: and his army? That is a really good way to do it. Well, um, I think it's part of a general trend in the world of Game of Thrones for women to be taking over. Yeah. You've Hell got yeah. Um, Theon's sister, who I can never remember. She's named Yara Arasha. Yara. All right. And you've got Daenerys, of course. You nearly have Sansa.
0: Yeah. There's
2: a lot going on out there.
1: I would also like to uh, shame the Game of Thrones writers for doing Ding. what they've done. Shame. So, should have expected that for doing what they've done many times before and just kill off everybody. At this point, I feel exactly the same way as I do at the end of season three, when we spent this entire time with uh, Rob Stark and everything was going so well and then (laughs) dead. Like yeah. okay as as much as I like the twist and I like the fallout of it the fact that we spent an entire season with all these characters waiting for build up I feel like this is an unsatisfying conclusion to that arc and I'm upset we wasted all that time with them throughout the season. But the fallout is so fantastic that Cersei <laughs> ascended as far as she well, did. That I don't quite mind it. Again, I was pissed off about that, but here I am, completely swept up in the fact that oh my god, everyone just died.
0: <laughs> yeah, one part. One part of Game of Thrones is always you don't know whether you're watching somebody whose story is important because it's their story, or whose story is important because when they die, it affects the other other people's stories. And in yeah. this, case, I love that distinction. That's what's happening here when we see, especially when we've got Marjorie. You know, it turns out Marjorie, Marjorie, and and Lancel, and their father dying in the explosion is the thing that motivates Olena, as we'll we'll talk about in a little bit, to go uh, and and affiliate with the uh, the Sand Snakes and Daenerys, and turn against the Lannisters. And basically, at that point, they the Lannisters have lost this huge swath of uh of of houses and armies. Uh, Because of what Cersei did, and so it turns out that was Marjorie's sort of tragic story: is that her her relationship with Tommen, he kills himself because she dies, and her death and her brother's death and her father's death motivates Elena even more to exact revenge on the Lannisters. And yeah, so that's not yeah, I'm 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 bummed out that that
2: uh, Marjorie's gone, but it turns out that's that's the fallout here of that story. I'd like to take a moment, since we're saying goodbye to her, to say how great Natalie Dormer was. She's so great. Like In the books, Marjorie is a nothing. Yeah. But here, every one of her scenes, you could see this character plotting, trying to make something out of everybody else's plots, and she was terrific. And also Jonathan Price is the high sparrow. Yes. I love him in almost everything. And he was so good as somebody who I felt clearly believed his religion, but was also completely ruthless in the things he would do for his religion. Yeah. And I like that he got a good exit in that he was the first person to go in a giant column of green flame. Yes, that's <laughs> right. We got to see him as body, body that blew his up.
1: hubris the fact that his hubris kind of ruined everyone because he had his uh, sparrow guards prevent everyone from leaving the building uh a few people may have been able to get out if he hadn't done that and yeah. his uh his confidence really screwed everyone else up i, I thought that
0: fantastic. too until they had that shot where they showed not only does the set blow up but like the, the shock wave destroys <laughs> many buildings around the sept i'm like okay they weren't they were probably not getting out of out of that alive anyway but um well the, but the yeah the fact that he couldn't see it and marjorie could see it and and that that he had gotten seduced by his plans and his power that he had been accumulating, and it got to him. It got to his head, and he wasn't thinking clearly. Um, that was that was a nice little little last moment of comeuppance before he just got blowed into the sky like he did. Yeah. God, that was him. such he a was great. A he was great. That, great that character. was such a
1: great montage too. Did anyone else get a uh, Godfather baptism scene vibes? Oh, from yeah, the whole montage. Oh, oh yeah. Hell yeah,
2: yeah. Like yeah. when we cut to Winterfell. At Dr- uh, I kept wondering, well, is Cersei handling all family all, business? yes. Yeah. They were going to the mattresses. Well, I mean, that
0: I think I felt like that was what uh, what was meant by Pycelle. You know, like Pycelle was not in the sept, so they had to take care of him separately. But that was the same thing. It was like, we're handling exactly right. I mean, Lauren said that to me. She says, all, you know, all business is going to be handled. I'm yeah. like, yep, mm-hmm, this is what's well, happening.
2: You know, <laughs> Pycelle was her own fault. Tyrion threw him in the black cells real early and Cersei came back and said, no, Oh, we have to have him out and safe.
0: Yeah. Well, you know,
2: she thought she could use him. <laughs> Those kids did not like Picel, huh?
0: Kyburn. That was
1: brutal. God, I, I, yeah, that yeah uh, also he's the one character i never expected now. to die ever even though he's probably the oldest character in the show i did not ever expect him to die and after six seasons i, I believe he was in the very first episode yeah. or two he did wow. go he
0: did go out with one final bit of uh of sex position though we did we yeah. did get that because that was a that was a trademark of early appearances by pysel he did he did go out in the last time by getting on his cloak with a uh with a naked lady behind him uh mm-hmm. that that made me that made me laugh and then that was it, it for him so
2: now she's never going to get her payment she's not
0: going to get paid no all right well let's move on to the the north let's put it that way the north how about that uh we open this with a uh, the shot of a white raven flying over the snowy fields to uh winterfell the significance of the white raven is winter is here that's right The, the in the books in the books that was made clear here. It's made clear at the end of this first scene that, <laughs> that, that they determine because again, this is a planet where winter is where the seasons <laughs> change in a way that is very different because of magic from, yeah, so they have like long winters and short winters and long summers and short summers. And this summer went on for a very long time. And so like the, the maesters apparently like determine when, Oh no, it's winter. It's like seeing like the groundhog sees a shadow well, apparently or something. You get winter once every 30 years. Well, in the in the books, the the uh, the story is that it's been a very long summer. It's been like the longest summer in a, in a thousand years or a hundred years. Yeah, yeah
2: but mm-hmm. but a very long summer, we're talking about decades, right? Well, it's certainly because many this, years. Yeah. So, first of all, I don't understand that, and I that really has always felt to me like just a weird detail George R. R. Martin threw in and never. Well, Thought about how so it would actually work. The
0: theory, the theory is that the the messed up seasons on this planet, this this realm that this takes place on. And again, this is I have spent a lot of time on the Game of Thrones wiki, so just take it with a with a grain of salt. But the theory is, and George R. R. Martin has said as much that the when when uh, the Doom of Valyria happened, which is you know entire advanced magical society, the most advanced society that's ever been on this planet, and they blew themselves up with. magic magic and that since then things have been really messed up the seasons are out of whack they come and go differently at different paces uh, the, you know the, the, the magic waxed and waned over time so that's that's the idea here is what if essentially what if there was a world where the seasons were variable and, and the story here is that this is why the White Walkers are coming is that this is going to be a long dark winter the likes of which hasn't been seen in a thousand years since the last time they advanced and that's why they're planning their attack is they know this is their this is the ice age this is the moment where they can reach as far south as they possibly can. At least that's the backstory. Whether that the TV show follows that or just kind of soft pedals it or not, but this is the idea: is that this is a uh, 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 the, the seasons are unusual in their duration on on my, this planet, unnamed planet. Either way,
1: either way, it felt very very good to hear somebody say winter is winter here. is that was here. A surprising
2: amount of collapses I didn't expect. <laughs> so, is, is that the Stark's new motto? Because that's my other problem is. <laughs> Well winter is <laughs> winter's, al- winter's always keep... coming. Well not once it is winter. Now you look like an idiot.
0: Yeah, well it's maybe like if I said maybe so.
2: summer is coming, you'd say it got here last week.
0: Maybe on the on their banner they've got like a little flip card that they just turn it over and it goes from coming to here like no vacancy you know it's like vacancy nope no vacancy now it's winter is here i did like the response to that line not only is there the portentousness of winter is here but it's like father always promised that didn't he i I really like that all the way back to ned stark he's like he always said winter was coming well here it is we got it all right so um uh, they're at the dinner table in in uh in in uh that, that john grew up in in winterfell Um, and we get that final, we finally, we get the confrontation that we've been waiting for and that we saw last week when the Onion Knight found the toy that he gave to Princess Shireen, uh, Melisandre and the Onion Knight. Um, and he demands that she explain what went on in front of Jon Snow. And she says, yes, I, you know, that was the Princess Shireen's and we burned her at the stake because the Lord told us to and onion knight is unsparing he's like first off if he commands you to burn children your lord is evil i love that girl Mm -hmm. like she was my own what good did it do because everybody died they all died anyway and this is the moment where i turned to lauren and i said the onion knight is my favorite character in game of thrones I love it didn't him.
2: Even work, lady. I know.
0: And I, I just love it. I love that girl like she was my own. And we know he's lost his sons. He lost his sons in the battle of the Blackwater. We know they had a special relationship. She taught him how to read. And, and he didn't realize until last episode or the episode before that, that this had happened and that they, that she hadn't died in a battle or anything like that, that she had been burned before the battle. And I just, I loved his fury at her and uh i and i like what john says in response which is basically like i'm going to i'm going to if you get out of here now i won't kill you but if i see you again i will kill you because that's not cool and he, he you know and he knows he he has faith in in the onion knight he really does
1: to which the Onion Knight replies, if I see you again, I will kill you mice. I will kill you myself.
0: <laughs>
2: well that's what Daenerys said to Dario, and that didn't stick very well. No. So maybe they're just kidding.
0: <laughs> but I, I did I love the scene. It was a long time coming. Um, it was a good good use of the onion knight, and I think good also in showing the strength of the onion knight and John. Uh, that their relationship that you know he's basically the hand of the king in the north, as we'll get to in a minute. and they have a pretty good working relationship and that Melisander, you know even though hey, she she brought John back to life, although she refused to promise that she wouldn't do it again. So maybe there's a little bit of a lack of trust there. But um, you know he, he, he doesn't order her dead, but he doesn't take her side either. He's not playing the games that Stannis did, right? Where he's like, oh, well, the Lord said it was okay. Then I guess it's okay. John's like, nope, mm no, no. Well, maybe she
2: should have seduced him the way she did with Stannis. Maybe so. We know John likes redheads.
0: That's true. That's true um right to melisandra uh galloping away on a horse
1: to which yeah. uh john and sansa are watching and have a really sweet little conversation
2: they do they do but it's all- uh, about who gets the big bedroom
0: yeah he's like <laughs> no no you for you she's like oh but you'll always be a stark to me um, but, but it does come up the, the whole trust issue that we've had the last few episodes, which is she didn't tell him about Littlefinger. He, de- she says, I should have told you about that. And John doesn't does her a favor, I guess. And doesn't say, well, yeah, if I had known they were coming, we wouldn't have attacked right away. And all those guys wouldn't have died. <laughs> but you know, yeah water under the bridge, I guess. But we need to trust each other because winter is here. Um it, it is it is a nice moment. They they are, you know, for for characters who basically had no scenes together before this year since season 1. Uh they have um they have built a nice little relationship here. That and that she does trust him and considers him uh her brother and and I like that we see several times here it's like he he's a Stark. It's like doesn't matter that he's a bastard, he's a Stark. I'm not I'm not sure they
2: had any seeds together in season one.
0: I'm not well. I mean, they must have been like present in
2: in Winterfell no. together, but in, I don't know if in the we, castle. Yes, but Sansa spent the first couple episodes in her room knitting. Right, that's true. Maybe and then not. He went off to the wall. So a lot of this is just us assuming, and it's working. Right. Like yes, they feel like people who grew up together.
0: Agreed. They really do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so um, next scene in this vicinity is at the Godswood, uh, which I was very happy to see the Godswood appear again. Oh, by the way, the uh, Direwolf is on Winter- Winterfell in the opening credits this time. Flayed Man is gone. I checked. Oh, I, checked. Oh, I didn't the catch job. that. Nice. Um, so Littlefinger, we've been asking, this season we've asked it several times, what's Littlefinger's big plan? What's his big plan? (laughs) The answer is, his big plan is to be... Photo printing technology. To be the king (laughs) and sit on the Iron Throne with Sansa by his side. That is his big plan. He is thinking big. He
2: wants to be the king of Westeros. He wants to win the Game of Thrones. He says every move he makes is to advance his vision of him on the Iron Throne with Sansa Stark next to him. Yeah. So that's why he gave Sansa Stark... To Ramsay Bolton? Because you got to figure there's at least a 40% chance of him torturing her to death, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did say me on the
0: Iron Throne first. Yeah. And you by my side second. And to her face, right? <laughs> Fair. And um, then
1: leans in for a kiss.
0: To which nope. Sansa says... Talk to the hand. That's right. She gives him the push off. And then as she's walking away, he says, you, my love... Mm, creepy are the future of house stark saying essentially you know john is a bastard it doesn't matter you're the one that, that that everybody's going to consider legitimate here which is that's how it's supposed to work but um you know maybe things will be a little bit different Uh, Our next scene that I'm going to wrap in here is at the wall. Uncle Benjen leaves Bran and Mira (laughs) to to
2: spend seasons looking for this guy. and He just bounces right away. Yeah.
0: Well, he can't. He explains. I think this may be important later that while the wall stands, it is it is made with lots of special magics and the death cannot pass the wall, which means for the army to to uh, get through into the rest of Westeros, the army of the dead, they will need to destroy the wall. I think perhaps that's important because they're obviously going to try to do that uh, but that means he can't cross uh and bookmark that jason i think we should bookmark that it's just it's (laughs) it's blinking out there it's it's but that so that's important fact so he has to leave them there um but there are these though those trees the heart trees just like at winterfell are there and so bran does his mind meld thing with the tree and we get the rest finally we get the rest of the flashback Mm. with with uh, ned going up to the tower and seeing his sister liana who who uh says promise me ned and whispers something in his ear that is his name is murmur 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 and uh gives you have him the to ba- protect him and you have to protect him and the give him the baby and the uh and he looks at the baby and then we do a cut to john's Smash face it, it is and this is the fulfillment of all of the fan theories out there which is when ned came back from the war with a baby and said it was his and that it was a bastard and didn't want to explain any more about it and and he said to john famously i'll tell you about your mother when i get back <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah Sorry about that. After I buy that boat that I'm going to spend my retirement mm-hmm. on. <laughs> um, he's just three days away. So Bran now knows the truth, which is now that everybody's starting to say, hey, John, you're a Stark. Regardless, um, Bran now knows the truth, which is Jon Snow is incontrovertibly the child of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen, which means that John. Is not just a Stark. He's a Targaryen. The Targaryen blood, the dragon riders. He's related directly to Daenerys. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Quite. Yes, I think. I think it is. I guess. <laughs> I think we talked about this once before, yeah, but I want, that again, yeah. I want to ask you again,
1: Jason. I want to ask you again, Jason. Uh, hints of this are sprinkled throughout the books, or is just this just fan theory that happened to show up in the show?
0: The de- so it's hints of this are sprinkled throughout the books. If you connect the dots, it's very hard. Not to assume that that's what was intended. And famously, when George R. R. Martin met benioff and Weiss for the first time, when they were talking about adapting the show or the books for TV, one of the tests, essentially, that George R. R. Martin gave him was, "Who do you guys think Jon Snow's mother is, or parents are?" Or he said, "Mother is right," because it's supposedly it's it's yeah. Ned. And by all accounts, their response was. Oh, it's 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 Lyanna and Rhaegar and Rhaegar Targaryens, and and that was so. It's it's been one of those things that it's been a fan theory, mostly in that it's connecting the dots. But the dots were very clearly in the shape of this in the books. Ooh. It's very it's very clear from that, like. The timelines it's the, it's the thing where where if you just read the books, you don't notice it, but if you completely study the books and make giant wikis about it, <laughs> then yeah. you start to see the timeline and it starts to make sense and that and and this is the first confirmation from any text that says yes, that is absolutely it, what the fans thought all along.
1: I had a uh, little statement prepared about how fan culture can influence the work itself, but turns out, I guess that isn't the case. Well, you, you know,
2: <laughs> I, I think if fan culture were going to influence this work, it would have been Martin changing his mind because he didn't want people to be right. Right.
0: I think so, but I think in this mm. case, John being a descendant of the Targaryens is probably important for the end game. Just thinking, maybe. Uh, with Maybe the ice
1: and fire, there's yep, a song somewhere
0: mm-hmm. in there. Song. Of it's ice nice and fire. that
2: he is half Stark, so all those dopes well we'll shortly be oh, well
0: go ahead. He, he was half stark anyway right because yeah. he was supposedly ned's bastard but now <laughs> is he legit i mean i think i think the suggestion again a fan suggestion is that they're one of the reasons that that rhaegar targaryen ran off with her and this was not said in the in the flashback here but one of the theories is because the story is that he he kidnapped her and raped her and the fan theory is that that's not true they were being married off to other people and they were in love and they ran off to be together and and secretly and, married so and secret- not even a bastard and secretly married in which case not only is he not a bastard at that point he's not a stark he's a he's a full-fledged targaryen if that's the case right. which is also really interesting because that means he too is uh in line for the iron throne officially not just because people think he's cool <laughs> which which takes us to our next scene which is uh John, you know, winter has come. The war is not over. The true enemy is bringing the storm with them. He's trying to get these people who like want to go back. Hey, look, we got what we got, uh, winter fell under control. We're going to go back to our homes now. And John's like, no, no, I need you. The war isn't over the real enemy is coming and it's not going great until young lady Mormont stands up and Ooh. gives another killer speech where she's like uh you know this is the guy he's the king in the north you know we're gonna follow him he, you know we believe in him and she gets the ball rolling and then at that point we see all these different guys we see Glover who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, who, yeah. who was like, I'm not going to stand for you. And I just, in my notes, I'm like that guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you leave Tim McInerney alone.
0: But they, they, uh, but he was like Glover, stupid Glover. But now here it's like bend the knee, put up the sword, King in the North. We got another King in the North declaration that happens. Uh, I like the line, which, which was Lady Mormont speaks harshly and truly like about like you, <laughs> you were a traitor to the, to the North and, and your jerks. And he's like, all right, you got me. We didn't come when you called, but I I please forgive me and I pledge my allegiance to john so john is declared by acclamation because i guess that's how it works in the north he is now the king of the north bastard or not he's the king in the north like his brother. Um, excuse
1: me we're not entirely sure how many times you said king in the north and we <laughs> need at least 25 chants of the i north. did I,
0: I did wonder as they're chanting it and they're cutting around and there have been many comedy routines about this which is at what point does that die down how does it work is it kind of awkward nobody really wants to stop chanting it but you can't chant it forever so So, does John finally like do a TV talk show host thing at the beginning of a monologue? He's like, no, no, thank you, thank you. That's enough, King of the North. Thank you. Or does does it just sort of awkwardly (laughs) die out into silence? And then John goes, thanks, everybody. We don't know. It's just, we just cut away. But how does Uh, that possibly. It
2: could still be King of the North. And then the White Walkers come and kill them all. And we see uh, Sansa and Littlefinger share a look, which to me, kind of like the Cersei Jamie look in uh, King's Landing we'll determine what that means later right now it is just significant significant looks in, yeah I, in I general agree. terms i agree that's how, that's how
0: i read it too i i kind of wanted it to be like him giving her the glare of like you could you could have asserted yourself as the leader here um and you didn't and like you got me that John, you know, she wanted John to do this, and and he wanted her to 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 be more assertive, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think she's still I, the way I took it is she's still the Lord of of Winterfell, essentially. And John is going to do his King in the North thing, which is to raise the armies and fight the darkness. And he's not going to be hanging around at Winterfell anyway, so that's why mm-hmm. he's got her, you know, in charge. But I don't, I don't know. But yes, you're. It could be anything. It's meaningful looks. Littlefinger intensifies. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, his
2: is still alive, right? John's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. Ghost. I feel like we probably should have seen him in the last couple episodes. He's around. C- okay.
0: CGI budget was not up for it, but he's around. Ghost. I'm sure Ghost is around. Okay. Unless he's still at the wall, but I, th- I would imagine he would have come with him. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not during the battle. Maybe he was still up at the wall hunting. Maybe he'll find Bran. That'd be nice. I don't know. Uh, okay, Marine. We're going to go across the, the narrow sea to Marine. The ships are nearly ready. Uh, d- uh, this is Dario Naharis, uh, uh, Cer- Cersei's boyfriend. Um, he's like, The ships are ready. We can't wait to go to Westeros. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> And she's like, <laughs> no, but but but, but wait, not so fast, Mister Mercenary, Dario Naharis. Beardy McBoyfriend, you're not going to Westeros. You will stay here and keep the peace, which I really like because I, I had that thought last week. Which is, if Daenerys leaves, won't like new masters just come and wreck Slavers Bay? But she has a plan. She's like, no, you and your guys are going to stay here and follow my orders. And the people are going to elect leaders, and we're going to try to have like stability. And by the way, it's called Dragon Bay now because there are no more Slavers. <laughs> this is I what like I. That. This is what I command. And he's really mad. And there's a sort of, sort of a sweet thing where he kind of like kneels. And he's like, no, but I love you. And I want to come with you. And it will be mm. awesome. And, like, and, and she's like, nope. This is what I command. In Westeros, I might need to be married. I can't bring a lover. And he's like, but I could be your mistress, basically. And she's like, you don't want that. <laughs> I want to be a boy toy so bad. I, and, then, and then he figures it out. Then he's like, oh, Tyrion told you this, didn't he? Yeah, he's right. <laughs> it's like i i thought it was a really nice moment because you can see it when daria's like okay you got me yeah i i see it and like he and at that point he realizes it's not gonna she's not gonna change her her mind she is giving him this important job to do and that it does make sense even though he doesn't like it and he's like all right i'm not angry i'm full of self pity who could follow you and she's like a great number i'd imagine which is such a great <laughs> line in the bay of dragons a great number is is what will be required plus you know he's Johnny handsome so he'll be able to get a great number yeah. but but he'll also need a great number to drown his sorrows and not being able to have Daenerys anymore um, but i like i like that as not a big fan of dario i thought this was a really nice scene that he he shows genuine affection for her and then also understands that moment where he's like okay i i see why why this isn't
2: going to happen and i i like that a lot do you think cersei's going to be mad that it didn't occur to her to rename king's landing to queen's landing <laughs> It's a good question
0: um well I had that moment later uh, this is god this
1: is really embarrassing I had this moment a few minutes later when uh, Daenerys named Tyrion hand of the queen and I thought wait oh my god that's a hand of the hand- kingpin what's what's she gonna call it if there's no king but she's a woman oh and then she said just, hand of the it's queen cool. we have like, a word for that it's God, the queen yeah i'm so embarrassed it took me so long to come <laughs> maybe up maybe the phrase.
0: opening shot of season seven monty will be a sign that that uh that they nail up on welcome to king's landing yes. sign it's just queen's landing under new management well, <laughs> it's like, like crud- crudely hand-painted <laughs> yep.
2: letters i would love and that they just
0: nail it on right over the other one so like at the really city limits with next
2: to the sign that they got a kiwanis and a elk's, yeah. elks lodge yeah I really liked uh her putting trusted Tyrion and naming him the hand. Yeah. It was a little undercut when I remembered he'd already been the hand of a king.
0: But he had it taken away, right? He he yeah. he he was there under this, those uh Uh, you know, difficult circumstances. He did a great job. And then basically for no good reason, they took it away from him because they, they didn't consider him. It's because he kept slapping the King in the face. Well, that's true. Well, that was with good reason again, good reason. Uh, So the, this Daenerys Tyrion scene, right? Yeah. Remember how excited we were? Like when they got a scene together last year and all that, this is such a, these two characters that we built up all of this time with, and this is just a, this is a great scene where Daenerys gets to talk to him in a way that she can't talk to almost anybody else, if not anybody else, as a trusted advisor, um, and that and Tyrion gets to be who he is and do what he's good at and not have any of the baggage that's weighed him down for his entire life, and he's still Tyrion Lannister and she is still Daenerys Targaryen, but they when they're talking you you know so many of the things like they get to be who they are i feel like in this scene and they're talking about business here but it's just i thought it was really great that just to see these characters interact like this yeah brian you still out there
1: I have so little to say about this scene other than the fact that it was fantastic and I really enjoyed it. all right. But no, I have very little to say Not
2: (laughs) not everything needs analysis, although we try. (laughs) Somewhere around here, Daenerys said, I'm just impatient to get on with it. And I wrote down, you said it, sister. Yeah,
0: that's right. It's been six seasons, uh, 60 episodes. we We are ready. So the things I wrote down in here, I love the I'm terrible at consoling from Tyrion, he's really bad at it he's trying but he's like i i yeah I, i'm not any good at it um and and then this is Tyrion speaking i feel like for everybody uh, who watches the show he says so this is really happening Yep. are you afraid and she's like yeah. <laughs> and he's like well you're in the great game now um and and that leads to what mondi was referring to she says I just wrote down all this dialogue because it was so great. She says, you know what really frightens me? I said goodbye to a man who loves me and I felt nothing but impatient because I want to (laughs) make this work. Um, And and he says, well, you know, you're going to have – there are going to be plenty of guys – in uh westeros who who will also love you and and this is that moment that i didn't really like this although i saw it coming which is and then he pauses and she's looking away and he kind of gives her a long look and it's almost like Tyrion suddenly has this moment of like oh no i am feeling (laughs) things for daenerys now this is not good Um, but at the same time, I feel like, is that a little crack in, in, in his hardened heart where he's never going to feel anything ever again? It's like, maybe so, but it's no, but don't. It's Daenerys. Just keep it, keep it cool, man. Keep it cool. But that—oh, I didn't feel that at all. Oh, that look. Look, go back and watch it. When when he says, "Oh, many men will love you in Westeros," and then she looks away, okay. and he keep, and and we stay on him as he looks at her, and then he kind of does this head shake, like you know, snap out of it. And I'm like, oh no, it's it's there. Check it out, it's there. I think they're suggesting that Tyrion is maybe uh, having some feelings himself stir for for Daenerys at that point. Um, challenge accepted also smell. also i love that the scene takes place with him standing on a step because you have a bunch of really nice two shots where they're yeah. looking in each other's eyes which very rarely happens with Tyrion. you get a lot of scenes where he's sitting in a chair and they have big you know long shots of the room and then a bunch of one shots but here you know uh clark is not that big she's kind of tiny and then he's on a step and they get to look in each other's eyes and it's really great it really helps that scene that they're that they're right there looking at each other's eyes as they talk about this stuff she says you've completely failed to console me it's great hilarious because uh, Tyrion's really bad at that and then he gives this nice summation of his character which is everybody always asked me to believe in things and i said no thank you <laughs> i was not interested in believing in things and yet here i am and i believe in you it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's yep. like, I, he signed, he signed on and she says, "I, you know, I need, I, I don't, you know, need you to console me but I do need your counsel and she gives him that pin she that she's had made and he is, he is speechless and it is a beautiful moment that somebody finally appreciates Tyrion. It's beautiful. Love, I love the whole thing. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to recount that. I love it. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a fantastic scene. It's so, so good. Those are those are two great characters and having them be true to themselves and kind of uh, talk in ways they can't talk to anyone else in the world, probably. It's just great. Um, okay, so now we go to one of my least favorite locations in Game of Thrones, which is Dorne. It looks nice. It does on look... Vacation there. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's in Spain. It's sunny. It's warm. It's beautiful. they got... Uh, the sand snakes <laughs> are there. They're beautiful. They may kill you. We they may poison you, but they're beautiful.
1: We got next to no sand snakes this season. I am so pissed I, off about that.
0: They were in episode one and episode 10. I'm happy about it because I thought Dorne was really boring. So I'm happy. About was boring, it. but they were great. Yeah, they're great, mm-hmm. but they they just are just kicking around Dorn killing people. Um, mm. But we get them, we get them here. Uh, Lady Elena has gone to Dorn. The sand, the sand snakes are doing their sand snake business, to which Lady Elena says, Do shut up, dear. Let yeah. the grown ups talk.
2: <laughs> the, the exact quote is Do shut up, dear. Anything from you? No? Good. Let the grown women speak. <laughs> there we go. He, speaking of having no patience
0: oh, for anybody. So great so great Elena Elena has made it she's the only survivor turns out that in hindsight uh what Marjorie did by sending her away was save her life and make her essentially like the only survivor of her house because you know the three younger people her son and her her two grandchildren uh died in the explosion um and we know that the word has reached these shores about that because she says Cersei has stolen the future from me survival is not what I'm after now and and uh and uh, the the lady who was what the sister of Doctor Bashir from Deep Space Nine who assassinated him uh, <laughs> complicated. I know it's yes it's time and space. Uh, she says, "Oh, you're right, you're right. I didn't I didn't phrase that correctly. It is not survival I offer. It is vengeance and justice." At which point she sort of gestures and in walks Varys who was sent on a mission. <laughs> And he's
2: cheering much louder, but I have a microphone. And, here. He, and he says, fire and blood. And again, I applauded. I'm like, yes, everybody get together.
0: Yes. And, and, and if you look at the opening credits, you'll see how close Dorn is from Marine. It's right across the water there. And that, that was mm-hmm. clearly an intentional flyby because it happens really fast. And you're like, Oh, look, it's just right over there. That's, and that's where Daenerys is clearly going to be going. Um, and in fact, it's so close Those two places are so close together that when we get to our last scene of the episode, last scene of the season, it's the Iron Fleet, it's all of Daenerys' forces, they are on boats, they are setting sail for Westeros, finally Daenerys is going to Westeros, everybody, the dragons are flying, all three dragons, all the ships, we see... We see Theon and Yara. We we see the dragons. We see the Dothraki we see a ship full of horses with the horses because they they you know it's it's tough and the dragon flies overhead. There's a nice shot of the shadow of the dragon on the water at one point that I really liked. And we end up kind of on the bow of the ship where it's Daenerys and Tyrion and Masande and Varys because he's he's come back. So there's a time you know thing, but but they're also pretty. It's pretty close between them, and they are. Sailing off, clearly off to Dorne, where the the uh, the Martells and the um, the uh, what's the Tyrells are obviously going to join up with them. See her now as
1: she stands on the bow of a ship <laughs> headed for a new land. I
0: I did have some of those moments, Brian.
2: I really did. <laughs> for the first time, I actually believe in the near future. Daenerys is going to be in Westeros.
0: Yeah, like in Season 7, Episode 1, I think it's going to be Daenerys in in Dorne, maybe, laying her plans and unloading her troops and and whatever is going on and seeing
2: meeting some sand snakes. I think that's too quick because she's probably going to have to roll over uh, Euron Greyjoy on the way there. Yeah, Maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe he'll be in the way on her (laughs) way to King's Landing. I don't know. I I, I hope so. This is why
1: I... This is why I think that season seven is going to be the last season, because they've been teasing this out so long to the point where they wrote into the show, oh, wow, so this is finally happening, right? Like The fact that... Because we all know once she gets to Westeros, nothing is going to survive. She's going to dominate. I
0: know. Well, I mean, that's long long live the queen. They say to Cersei, and I'm like, yeah, I think she's going to get burned up by a dragon. I think that's what's going to happen there. But um, the... I think the the thing is there are the two stories here. There is there is Daenerys wanting to take over Westeros, but there is also Jon trying to rally people in the North and further south to protect against the White Walkers. And so I think you know we've got these two stories. It actually reminds me a little bit about Babylon Five, where they had the like Shadow of Orlon War, and when all that was <laughs> over, they had the they had the Earth Civil War, and it was like, oh yeah, we're done, yay! We we we, we what what is it? Uh, uh, the, the it's in Hamilton. It's like we won, yay! And it's like, but no, now there's now there's this whole other battle to fight. So I feel like I mean they said there's 13 episodes worth, so it's not that many more than a full season. But there's an extra complexity there because Daenerys is going to have to establish in Westeros and figure out what her plan is. John is doing stuff, and then what are the Lander- Lannisters doing? And again. White Walkers. I imagine that bad things are going to happen up at the Wall too. That's going to impact all of this. Now that winter is here, but it's great. I'm looking forward to it, and I love that Daenerys has finally set sail. Boy, it really did seem like that was never going to happen, didn't
1: mm-hmm. it? Mm-mm.
2: Not until she'd captured every individual city on her right. other continent and <laughs> lost it, and gone for a walk yeah. in the
0: wilderness, and then come back and regained it. <laughs> <laughs> again and again. So yeah. So overall, I mean, like I said, I, I I would give this episode a big hug. I thought it was a really yeah. great ending. I also think that, like tonally, um, something that we said in the despair of season five and how dark and awful it got at times was, you know. In traditional storytelling, you have that low point and then things start to go on the upswing. And boy, I hoped there was an upswing because it was so dark and awful and and just just difficult. And, you know, this season was the upswing, and this episode is a whole lot of upswing. It's just like stuff is happening. There were lots of moments to cheer about. Just I just had that moment of like, wow, what a contrast from how Miserable. everybody was uh, when we were watching the last few episodes a year ago.
1: I attribute a lot of that to the fact that we are free from the books now. The pacing is so much more different.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. I have a theory about the pacing.
0: Ooh, another theory. Yes, Monty's theories. I'm going to miss these theories, Monty. I'm going to miss them. My theory is
2: this. TV viewers expect something to happen (laughs) every hour. Whereas book readers Will read 1,500 pages and say, huh, sure expected something to happen there, but I'll tune in again for the next book, just in case something happens then. Mm-hmm. Well, can't wait around on the series. Got to keep pushing yeah, forward.
0: I, I mean, I said this before, but I, my theory, I'm kind of in line with Brian here, which is I feel like they have enough... I don't know respect for George RR R. Martin and his books that when they have a book to work from they feel like this pull to work in the details of the book and now that they're free from that also I think George R. R. Martin confabulates right he's like he's got a pretty clear picture of where his story is going but he's like oh this is kind of fun I'm gonna tell this side story and I'm gonna tell this side story and I'm gonna have this other thing that happens and and uh at this point, they don't have that, that things he discovers in the writing of the novel that thrill him and he keeps them in the, the producers, they've got, you know, somewhere between 13 and 20 hours of television left to tell this story. Or when they started this, they had, you know, 20 or 30 hours of television and a plot outline. They're like, okay, okay, how can we fit this in? And they no longer have George R.R. R. Martin's departures. Do we really need to keep this thing in? Do we have to have this other thing in? They're free from that now. And it shows because now they can tell a story at a TV pace instead of, like Monty said, at a book pace. And uh, But I do think some of it is just sort of like working closely with George R. R. Martin and not wanting to give short shrift to what he put in the books, whether for George R. R. Martin or for the readers of the books. But now there are no books. So they are free at last, and, it, and it, I think it's just dramatically benefited the show, that they're free. Good season, I think.
1: Very good season. Yeah, yeah
0: I liked it. Yeah. I have a closing statement. Okay, yes, we have, we have reached that time. Does anybody have a closing
2: statement they would like to give? Monty, how about you? Me. Yes, I do. Oh, good. Uh, I would like to take a moment to remember the people who passed in this episode. All right. Grandmester Pycelle, Lancel Lannister, the High Sparrow. Marjorie Tyrell, Loras Tyrell, Mace Tyrell, everyone else who was at that trial. All the Faith Militant. All all the Faith Militant, all the Septons and Septas, all the people who lived too close to the Sept. Yeah. (laughs) King Tommen Baratheon, Blackwalder Frey, Lothar Frey, and Walder Frey. Which seems like an awful lot of named people to die in one yep. episode.
0: Remember earlier mm-hmm. this this season when we were talking about how uh, the producers are like streamlining? It's like yep. let's kill some of those characters and get them out of the way. We don't need them anymore. People like this it call, that they
2: died and then they're gone. This call sheet is awful long, guys. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really it's really hard to schedule all of these actors for a year. Let's yeah. get rid of some of these. It's great that David Bradley's in it, but you know what? We all want to see him die. Let's kill him off.
2: And so yep. they did. Natalie Dormer's got a job, guys. Come on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's so great. I'm going to miss her in this, but I, you know, I think I will seek out other stuff that she's in because she is, she's just,
2: she's great. First time I saw her, I was like, oh, who's that? Like, she's really, really great. Dig up her appearances on Elementary. They were the high points for me of watching that show. She is fantastic in it. Also, if you like her in period clothing, watch her on The Tudors. There you go. The Tudors. If you like like a show with very similar themes to Game of Thrones, i.e. lots of sex and murder, the producers for you yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: it's hard to believe it was essentially a year ago when Jon snow was killed and we spend this entire time wondering about his resurrection and now that has nothing to do with anything that's going on in the show
0: yeah yeah it, it would come a long way well some one of the producers said in the little afterward thing it's like well this season Jon snow has gone from being dead to being king so good job good job man yeah.
1: <laughs> <Good>. Start from <laughs> the good, bottom now we hear. here you
0: had a good year good year um... Yeah. All right. Well, anything else before we wrap it up? I thought, uh, you know, we're going to do, I should say to people listening to this, we are going to do an episode of The Incomparable in a few weeks. That is a recap of sort of like TV from the past year that we've liked other than all the superhero shows we already talked about. And we will also devote a very specific amount of time in that episode to talking about the season of Game of Thrones as a whole. But um, so you should check that out when, when it when it arrives in a few weeks. But uh, before we go, any, any last thoughts you guys have about this season as a whole? that you want to share
2: before we wrap it up i enjoyed it more than last season mm. like i'm last season i've spent the offseason thinking i didn't really enjoy that do i want to come back yeah now i'm really looking forward to season seven let's get on with it so great job show when we started this season monty i i remember you saying <laughs> to me this might be it for me
0: this this season might be it for me like it was on notice <laughs> yeah <laughs> this point there be, was a yeah. lot
1: of talk in the slack and on twitter about people who had jumped off last year or may or may not have wanted to jump back on this year and i've got to say almost everyone i've talked to is really glad they stuck through this season
0: yeah. i think that this is one of the difficulties of um telling a story strung out over all of this time is that you know I, I really do believe this is this is classic plot structure of you everything gets really dark and bad for your characters, and then there's an upswing as you head for the end of the show. And uh, the problem is when you're in it, it just feels dark and awful. and why, oh God, why, you know, why continue? <laughs> yeah. But if you stuck with it, this season, a lot of great stuff happened on the upswing, playing, you know, off of the terrible things that happened and reacting to them. But you had to get here to appreciate it. That's the trick. All right. Well, thanks to everybody out there. It has been great to get the feedback, even the people who point out that we are idiots for not knowing the name of that character who appeared four years ago in one scene. Uh, Thanks, guys.
2: Turns out it was Small John Umber.
0: Yeah, it turns out. Who knew? Um, but we every, everybody who studies the the wiki. Here's how. Here's how the show works: is we watch the show and then we call each other and we talk about it immediately. We don't do any research. We don't watch it a second time. Th- that's not how it works. So, uh, but we we appreciate not people. How it works. That's no, not how it works. We appreciate the uh we appreciate people listening i've heard from a lot of people who say things like they like to listen to this on their monday morning commute after they watched game of thrones the night before it's really great to hear that we do stay up late on a sunday night it does make us tired on a monday morning but i'm glad that people out there listen to it and like it and we'll be back in a year for an unspecified number of episodes in season seven of game of thrones Uh, But until then, I want to thank my erstwhile compatriots. Erstwhile, is that the right thing to say? My compatriots in this Brotherhood Without (laughs) Banners, Brian Hamilton, thank you so much for being on the Game of Thrones podcast this year. Always a ton of fun. Always one of my favorite things to do
1: podcast-wise, and always one of my favorite reasons to stay up late.
0: And I'm glad that you were not made miserable by the content this time so much. (laughs) So that's a bonus, little bonus. And Monty Ashley, of course, thank you as well. Can we get some banners? Is, like, is that out of the question? No, it's not in the budget. Brotherhood Without <sighs> Banners talks a good game, but really they just don't have the money for banners, it turns out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it all goes into feeding uh, Sandor Clegane, it turns out. He just <laughs> just eats a lot, that guy. A lot. All right, thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll be back in a year uh, minus 10 weeks-ish for for uh, Season 7 of Game of Thrones. But until then, goodbye.